This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So we've been hearing recently about this um, shocking story that come out of Kenya about this cult or starvation cult, as it's been termed in the me, uh, in the media, or hunger cult, if you like. So the search for survivors has been continuing um, of this and survivors and victims of that hunger cult in Kenya's Shakahola forest. Now, the more bodies have been found. 22 more bodies were discovered on Saturday. Uh, Rhoda Onyancha, a regional commissioner, said more one more suspect has also been arrested, bringing the total number of these detainees over the deaths to 26. Well, throughout last week, the authorities were digging up shallow graves scattered throughout the forest looking for remains and scouring the area for any survivors as hundreds of people uh, were still uh, reported missing. The cult led by the leader of the Good News International Church, Paul Ntenge, uh, encouraged this, their follow, his followers to starve themselves to gain salvation. He was arrested last month after police received a tip off that his vast land in eastern Kenya contained mass graves. Let's speak to an anthrop- anthropologist and sociologist, Dr. Alice Asikipiti, who joins us on the, uh, on the line. Good morning to you, Doctor, and thank you for your time. Good morning. You know, um, the, 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 this phenomenon of cults is not something um, unique to Africa. But I mean, I suppose uh, one point one needs to even raise is that when, this, um, you know, when do we talk of a cult? Because it's a, generally it seems to me it's a term that's used, it's a derogatory term to use you know, people who maybe are seen to be blind followers of one person, uh, one faith or another, one leader of an, uh, one form or another. Well, um, I think the terminology cult is appropriate in this case uh, because um, a cult group may be defined as any religious or political group that share a common belief that is radically in opposition to mainstream interest and collective goal. So even within a particular religious group, say in this instance, um, a, a Christianity, once there is a, a denomination that has a radical view from mainstream Christianity, then we may refer to that group as a cult. So once we begin to see um, groups that preach against um, certain values, um, ideals, then we can say it's a cult. And in this case of um, the, the Kenyan um, issue, we can say it's a cult because they are very much against mainstream education, they are against uh, mainstream health services, they are also against any form of materialism. Mm -hmm. So for them, they they are not expected to be in this world, they are supposed to be in the world beyond, and that is why we can correctly regard them as a cult. Mm. Who I mean, the kind of person, you know, I don't think that any of these people, when they probably first uh, join up uh, with a grouping such as this or a church like this, uh, would ever uh, imagine themselves, uh, you know, having to you know, take their own lives and all of that. I mean, 
It, it, the simple terminology or what you people will often in very, will often in very simple or simplistic terms just define it as people being brainwashed. But I mean, what type of a person falls prey to such cults? Uh, yes, I think you, you are right there with your first um, assumption that most of the time those people who become vulnerable and then become part of a cult group, they usually go in there without knowing that they are joining a cult group, and which may sometimes lead to their possession being taken over from them or that may lead to death. But most of the time, the people that are most vulnerable are usually those who are, who are stripped of some form of economic power, those who are unemployed, those who are in one way or the other marginalized from the society. Um, so we will talk about women in particular. We will talk, also talk about children who have not, who are not fully mature to think through some of the decisions they take and the associations they want to be with. But it is not only the vulnerable, um, physical or politically or economic vulnerability. We also have those who are psychologically vulnerable. Either they have gone through some personal loss or they have become disoriented with reality. Mm. And in the, in the bid of trying to find answers to their existentialism, they become vulnerable. And if we take the case of um, this Kenya case, the, the title of the ministry itself, Good News, will most likely lure people who are despondent, who are discouraged from the very existence that they are living in. So they may be attracted to these people who will promise them that they, they have the eternal answers to their eternal whys. Why is this happening to me? Why is my situation like this? And so on and so forth. So there is mm. a, an economic dimension. There is also a psychological dimension to this vulnerability of people who become mm. victims. There was criticism, of course, in Kenya of the authorities, uh, particularly the police, that they would not have picked up on this before things got out of hand to the extent that they did. I mean, I wonder from a government point of view, you know, from a you know a regulatory type uh, framework, if there is any regulation where these kind of things or monitoring that can take place that could can pick up when you know um, what seem like religious groupings tend to now start to stray towards, as you say, cult um, status. Is there any way in which there would be some kind of early detection method of this kind of thing? Um, yes, in most cases, there are always red flags. And some of the key characteristics of cultic groups is that they live in some degree of secrecy. Mm. Uh, and, and seclusion. Um, is exactly, seclusion. And once we begin to see uh, people leaving their families, leaving their loved ones and their friends, and then taking up shelter in an exclusive place, once the loved one goes to the police station, it is it's important for the police to investigate that case. Unfortunately, uh, because we practice democracy, uh, most of these uh, court leaders, they hide under the canopy of um, 
freedom of religious expression and beliefs. Mm. And once the individual is above 18, sometimes it is very difficult to begin to say you are restricting them from practicing mm. what they mm. truly believe in. Mm. But again, it is a two-way thing. Government has responsibility to protect citizens, especially citizens who are extremely vulnerable. So when we say that um, government has a right to also carry out investigation, invite people that they think may become um, uh, a problem to the society, I don't think government is overstepping its bound. And I, in the case of the CRL Rights Commission here in South Africa, yes. I'm aware that um, they do a whole lot regarding this so that um, they meet all these issues in the board. But we are also aware that there are some religious groups that will challenge mm. the authority of the CRL to invite them or to even to carry out investigation. Mm. So I think just to a large extent, um, governments must begin to empower the institutions that I expect that are supposed mm. to monitor these people so that they don't um, become a problem to the society. Excellent. Thank you so much uh, there to Dr. Alice, uh, Alex Asipiti, uh, who is a anthropologist and sociologist, is with the IIEMSA from uh, University. Thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. All right. You know, it's very interesting about these things. Like, I, you know, you we haven't had, at least not as far as I know, something on the scale of what we've seen now um, in 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 Kenya, well, the the story here about this um, cult that uh, of this Good News International Church, but here in South Africa, you do see churches that uh, you almost think are bordering on that cult status. Where certainly, uh, where you have things such as people now being made to, to drink petrol and all kinds of crazy things being sprayed in the face with doom and that being acceptable. Those are borderline cases there. Maybe they don't yet go to the extent of living in seclusion, as you find a lot of these uh, um, cults tend to do. There was a place in KZN that was under uh, investigation. I forget the name there of uh, um, where apparently also they were also, um, you know, there were question marks, questions raised about what was the goings on there. Nothing on the scale of people being starved to death, but just a, uh, question marks about being raised about in which the way that they live and the secrecy and seclusion in which they um, chose to live. 0861987000, WhatsApp 0833037093 if you have any sort of thoughts on the subjects of cults. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.